You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All righty, are we on this morning? We are. Good morning, Coach. Good morning. I appreciate uh, you taking care of me, Justin. Uh, to all of our listeners, uh, Barry uh, won't be back today. He's uh, about to catch up with his problems, and uh, hopefully he'll be back on Monday. Uh, I want also want to welcome your calls. I got a lot to say. Uh, we got a lot of football going on here in this first hour. I'm going to have some basketball the last 30 minutes of our show probably and talk a little bit about that. But uh, we've got uh, a very good show. Uh, Roman Harper's coming on at, uh, you know, he's that read and, and react deal he does with Cole Kubelik. Uh We'll have Roman on. Roman and I have been friends for a long time. He's a pretty good expert on football. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll have Sonny. I talked with Sonny last night. And Sonny uh, is going to be on uh, at 15 minutes after 8. Uh, so we'll get get to him before we talk about uh the closing of, of, of basketball. So those are the things that we want to do. Also, I wanted, I had some things to say this morning. I thought about it at five this morning, uh, about people calling in and complaining about uh, the last play of the game. And I don't know if I'm, what I'm going to say is going to quite go in with what coach says, but Justin's been good enough to, to tape what coach said about the, about the last part of the game where everybody's going goofy. And uh, before I talk talk about that, um, and I don't know if I'm going to say the same thing he does. He's a heck of a lot smarter about it than I am. But I do think that uh, some of the stuff is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I'll give you some notes on as what has happened over the, over the uh, weekend or over the week or over last night. Uh, uh, Ted Roof was the offensive, defensive coordinator at Vanderbilt at one time who was at Oklahoma has been let out, and they've hired the defensive coordinator at Jacksonville. Uh, Zach Alley is going to be the new defensive coordinator from Jacksonville going to the University of Oklahoma. The Kansas State quarterback that uh, everybody liked has decided that he is going to go to Ohio State. I'm going to spend half the time, not half of it. I'm not going to go through every cotton picking one of them, but I will try to cover it. But uh, I do want to welcome your calls now. Be sure if you want to call and talk about Dispute what I say or talk about whatever you want to say. I want you to all of you to call if you wish. I'm not going to bite you. Just call. We'll talk. Um, it is said by most, uh, I won't say this is 100% accurate, but I think it is, that Kool-Aid and Arnold are going pro. Uh, they're, they're leaving. Uh, of course, Braswell, the linebacker, uh, is gone. Latham's gone. And uh, Dallas Turner is gone. Well, you know, several of them are 88 and out the gate. But uh, Kool-Aid and Arnold, supposedly, uh, they have decided that they're, they're going to go ahead and get out. So if you want to refute that, you can. I'm not saying it, it's the gospel, but I'm saying that's what I think. The Judkins kid over at at uh, 
Ole Miss. Only thing, only reason he's doing this, and, and I understand, is money. He wants money. Alabama looked at him. They passed on him. Ole Miss took him. Uh, he's done well. Um, he wants money because he sees, as I have told you at the very beginning of this, he sees everybody around him getting money. Why shouldn't I? So he's put his name in the transfer portal. Now, the rumors start flying. One rumor is that he's getting $2 million. Next rumor is that uh, they think that Texas or Alabama is is going by. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I have some inside information generally on stuff. I don't have any particularly on this. I don't more th- believe that Alabama is trying to buy him than uh, than they tried to buy me. I don't think I don't think that I don't think Alabama is going. I think he's a good back. I'm probably a little bit uh, in the make mistaken here saying this. I don't know for sure that he's a great back. I think he's a good back. Is he a better back than the, the backs that Alabama has? I kind of doubt it. That that's that's just me. And you you know you can call in and say, oh, well, he, you're dead wrong on that. Um, whether he he he, I, I don't think anybody's going to give him two million dollars to come and play. But if they do, then um, I'm dead wrong about the thing, and um, and we'll just see uh, what happens as far as or as he is concerned. Um, um, let's see what else I want to talk to you about. You, um, you, you know that they're trying to have a subdivision among the NCAA, another division besides the big division that they're going to start voting on and talking about, uh, this coming year. I'm not going to go into all of it with you because it's going to change 15 times about the NI, about the NIL, about the transfer portal, uh, one of the thoughts is to give $30,000 per athlete, uh, to, to let them, let the, let the school itself handle the NIL stuff, uh, which it's supposed to be doing to start with. Uh, so it's going to be, I have a trust fund for some of the athletes and I'm thinking $30,000 per athlete. That's for football because you ain't going to give the tennis player that, uh, and you, you're not with all women's and men's. Sports and all the lawsuits that we've had, as JC mentioned yesterday, uh, that's not going to fly. So we'll see what happens. Do you realize? And somebody sent me this yesterday: uh, how this transfer portal has gone. There are 351 Division women's basketball programs. 99.4 have a transfer on their team. 99 percent of them, 0.4 have a transfer on their team, which just means that even in the ladies' basketball. Um, it's it you know it's quite unusual. So those are things that that uh, I want to talk about. If you want to call in again, you're welcome to call in. Coach, uh, you uh, you touched on the players that have uh, kind of declared for the draft as yeah. Dallas Turner, Braswell, yeah. but uh, right. I'm not sure if you saw some of the players are uh, are staying. Some big ones like Roy Dell Williams is going to yeah. come back and. Yeah. Uh, Malachi Moore will come back for another season. What kind of impact do you think that's going to have on next year? Well, R- Roy Dale Williams, who didn't play much in the last game, um, um, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, a lot of these guys will stay because people, you know, they, they think they get trying to get an education, try to finish up and those kind of things. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We're, we're, we're getting uh, on the other radio shows that I'm on. We're getting a zillion calls 
about the last call that Alabama didn't score. And I have said to you, and I'll say it to you again, I said it on these other shows, the timeout that Michigan had made was a big timeout. Michigan, I think, is involved in, in huddling when they huddle. But let me tell you something. What about the defense? What about the defensive fall down that Alabama had when a little booger bear went in the end zone for a touchdown? You, well, nobody ever talks about that. He went around and threw our, threw our defensive people, walked into the end zone, or we wouldn't have that situation. We never discussed that. Listen to me. If if they had put the ball in the hands of another runner. And all of the, all these people that call in would complain, be complaining. Why in the name of Pete didn't they give it to Milrow? He's their best runner. Everybody in America would have been calling in about that. They give it to Milrow after the timeout. They had three plays set to run, and when they when they did, it was not blocked well. Well, it should have gone up the middle. I don't know, but the, you know, there are things that happened prior to that. Prior to that. They're just as costly or more costly, or you'd never have that two-point play. And so, you know, when people that come call and complain about that, all the cotton-picking time, we'll have the two-minute, and we may want to have it during this period, the two-minute... Well, I think we can save it for now, Coach, but I think okay. it, that, that clip will enlighten a lot of our listeners. I think Coach does a, a fantastic job explaining kind of yep. how that play ended up breaking yep. down. We actually have Abe on hold here that wanted okay. to ask you a question. Good, Coach. Abe. I'm glad Abe called. Hey, Abe. Yeah, and, and uh, Coach, about that last play where everything looked, looked discombobulated, see, and at, at that 4th and 31 against Auburn, we looked like geniuses. Yeah. You know, sure. that, you know, and that wasn't a Hail Mary. That was a play. You yeah. know, we threw the ball and sure. made a great catch, and they're like, whoa, how'd y'all come up with that? You know, and, that's right. and then at this moment, we couldn't. But that's ball. Yeah, uh, that's right. But, but no, what, Coach, I had to get out of the truck a month or two ago, and you was in the middle of a story, and I just remember you said something. I don't remember what the situation was, but you said you you, you saw Coach Bryant in his office, and you went in there. It may have been after you got some job or something, but you said, well, Coach, I appreciate it. And, and Coach Bryant said, well, I didn't have nothing to do with that, but I sure as hell could have stopped it. That's right. That, now, now, what was that story? Well, when they had the press conference, I got the job. You couldn't find anybody. You couldn't find anybody that wanted me to have the job except Annette and the three boys. Uh, nobody wanted me to have it because I hadn't, you know, laid. What job? What job you talking about? The the head basketball coach at Alabama. Who was the only one that wanted? Wanted? Yeah, nobody else wanted me. I'm talking about fans. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just halfway kidding, but. A lot of people didn't, you know, because I hadn't coached in college except freshman team. So anyway, we had the press conference, and Coach Bryant could not be there. He was out of town. And so I wanted to go by and thank him because he's the athletic director, and he's the one that makes the decision to to thank him for giving me the opportunity to be the basketball coach, and I was going to do the best job I possibly could to make make it pretty decent, and we did. So... I knock on his door. When Coach Bryant comes to the door, he always takes those long, those long steps, and he's got glasses down on his nose, just like I do, because he can't see good. And right. I open the door, and I said to him, Coach, I just wanted—I know you couldn't be here. I want to thank you for for giving me the opportunity to be the basketball coach at Alabama. And he he looked at me, and he said, "I didn't have anything to do with it," which was a lie. I didn't have anything to do with it, but I damn sure stopped it. 
Now, 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 what he meant by that was that I didn't have anything to do with it because if you fell on your face, it wasn't my fault. It's somebody else's. <laughs> if you fall on your face, that's kind of the way I thought it. And then he said, but I could have stopped it. And I said to him, I said to him, yes, sir, I know you could. I know you could have stopped it, and I appreciate it. And uh, we shook hands, and I walked out. I've got it in my book. I've got it written a book. And it's oh, in my so what's the name of your book? Uh, Plaid and Parquet. Plaid and Parquet. What year yeah. did that book come out? Oh, uh, well, I've had it out a pretty good while. I'll get, I'll get you a copy of it, Ed, or you can find one. I I, I sold a thousand of them, but I'll, I'll get you. I'll try to get you one. But anyway, that's the story of that. And I appreciate your call. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll see, Coach. All right, thank you, Abe. Uh, anyway, I don't know what we got off the subject of football, but. Uh, um, we've got that, we've got that clipping and, and the huddling has something to do with, with, uh, the situation when, when teams huddled, you don't know exactly what alignment you want to be in, um, uh, when you're on the, on the defensive or offensive end of the, of the deal, because they, they huddle up, of course, when they fix to run something defensively, you don't always know what you're going to do. So anyway, uh, coach, I think what we'll do is, um, We'll take our first break here, and then when we come back, let's play that clip just so we have yeah, our we, listeners. We'll play. Hey, you listeners, you guys who are football people, Tom, all you guys, you listen into this, and this this will, will probably explain it better than I do. We need to go ahead and do that now, I think, before we get Roman on at the bottom of the hour. Let's take a break. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. One of our early morning accidents is now clear. This was Skyland Boulevard at Highway 69, just south of I-20. The turning lane there had been blocked for a while, but that scene is now clear. All lanes open and no backup through the area. If you're traveling eastbound 2059 out of the Tuscaloosa area up around Coaling, we have an accident that's popped up near the Dambler Benz Boulevard exit, but it is on the right shoulder. No lanes blocked. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Friday morning. A bill pre-filed by Birmingham Democrat House member Gwendolyn Given would create an ebony alert for missing people of color. She claims the current Amber Alert system is inadequate and favors only those that are white. 40% of people reported missing each year are people of color. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather coverage all throughout the day. It's absolutely free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. 
road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today, Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain, the low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day. The clouds will likely linger. The high tomorrow back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 26 degrees in Tuscaloosa. For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly! on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Here's Nick Saban on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. We're like 11 yards away as we see it just get muddy. I mean, it just got, there was nowhere straight for Milro to run. But a lot of people now, uh, couch quarterbacks and things like that, they've gone slow-mo on a sky cam. And because guard pulled, Jalen Milro, if he cuts to the left, now you see the side shot, that would have been an incredible cut. I mean, he would have had to have done it so fast, so quick, and ran a 4-1 potentially sideways right there mm -hmm. to get around where the and guard got. And it wasn't a great snap. I mean, which, it was a local two-lay snap, which now you don't have your eyes up. So uh makes it harder to make those kind of cuts. Hey, that was happening all game. I don't even know what was going through your mind. We were talking about it. Even on Jace's touchdown, that was a low snap that he had to pick it up. And obviously, Chase has been a great ball player for you guys. That's something we have a former NFL center that said it can become, uh, mm -hmm. you start overthinking it a little bit. Do you think that was taking place throughout it? And did you talk to him? How'd that convo go? Uh, you know, that's that's something that's been a little bit of an issue for us all year long. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go on a clap and you use that as a noise cadence, um, you know, every time somebody hits a pad on defense, they're not allowed to clap on defense, which is actually what happened in the Auburn game when we got behind the eight ball before the fourth and 31 play when the ball got snapped and the quarterback wasn't ready for it and we had a huge loss. They actually did clap on defense. They weren't doing it intentionally. The safety was just trying to get the linebacker's attention. And um, it, it's it's a common thing, but it, it is a penalty. But Michigan was not clapping. But our center was thinking that somebody was making a noise that sounded like a clap, and he was snapping the ball uh, early sometimes and when we weren't ready for it sometimes. So... That's a huge issue for a quarterback. Okay, yes, at, for a whole offense, especially when it's built on timing and everything like that. And we hope Chase, I believe he's entered the transfer portal, they said, can get through it. That's a no fun mental battle happening in his head. But, yeah, I didn't know that was taking place. Early snaps happening in a semifinal game is certainly not desirable. And as so what do you think about that, Coach? I think he talked about the snap not being – he wasn't ugly. Coach Coach, Coach, Coach Saban took responsibility for the loss. He's not like some other coaches. He took responsibility if that's what you want. I say to you that there were other plays defensively that where we let the little Booger Bear score the touchdowns. Uh, that cost us that just as much. But nobody wants to look at that. And I say again to people who have just now turned it on, 
if you put that football in somebody else's hands behind a mill roll and he doesn't make it, you go double goofy because you say, why in the name of Pete didn't they put it, give it to mill roll? The snap was not great all all the whole entire game. It wasn't as good as it needed to be. He had to bend down, do this, do that to get get that's his job. But at the same time, the snap was not that good. So there are other factors that cost you when you try to. You know, I, I ran plays in basketball, and they didn't work sometimes. But they, I wouldn't have had to run those plays if some other factors in that game had gone my way. And so they're, they're, they are actually, according to Coach Bryant when he was there, and I think he knows what he's talking about, there are four, five, or six games, six plays per game that get your fanny beat. And that was one of them. And there were several, there were about four plays that got your fanny beat of 12 men in the huddle, um, bad snaps during the game, they get your fanny beat. A couple of penalties, they get your fanny beat. So they're about five or six games. So you can call in all you want to and complain, and it ain't going to change things, but but people can have their say. I want you to call in, say whatever you want to say, and it doesn't make me any difference. I've already told you what I think about it. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think the only reason we're focusing on the, the last play is because that's what it was. It was well, the sure. last, last play. Well, exactly right. Yeah, if we, if, we, if we stop them defensively, the last play don't mean anything. We go again. And if anything, uh, yeah, sure. I look back to the the two drives before that. Uh, yeah. I believe it was the the Milrow fumble or the the punt that they yeah. almost dropped into the end zone. If we get into field goal range on that one drive, it's a two score game, and we probably win the game. If we get yeah. a stop on the one of their last drives, yeah. it's a you know it's another two score game, well, and we probably win the game. Of course, well, we can look at it now and go if this happens, if this happens, but. Well, sure. You know, if if this if this this that happens, I'm I'm on another radio show today, and I'm gonna say the same cotton picking thing I say on it that I'm saying today. Um, everybody likes predictions now that football is over with, and we got Roman coming on here in just a minute. But uh, predictions for next year, all oh, people love that. Cause I may say something to you: writers have got to write. They need readers to read. So we got we got the order of the sixteen teams. Sixteen teams not 14, next season as to where they're going to fall. Uh, I don't know if I have time to read all to tell you all about those or not. we got we got to go to Roman, don't we? Um, uh, we we have about two minutes still. Well, I don't want to waste it. Uh, the, uh, the number one team next year will be Georgia, and the number two team will be Alabama. Outside of that, you, you'll be interested to know that uh, I hadn't counted them, but Way down the list, uh, uh, the last team, of course, guess who would be Vanderbilt. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to save these and read them at another time when we need to talk about something, and, and so we can go ahead and get uh, get uh, uh, Roland uh, uh, Harbor on and, and visit with him. So let's yeah. go to the break and get him on. He's probably standing by ready to go. No worries, that sounds good. And then, uh, as a reminder, too, at some point in the show, we we'll, we can do our. Um uh, Alabama basketball picks from yesterday that we didn't get. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. I want to go through the basketball part of it and explain the basketball schedule to these people and the understanding that they need to have about who you play twice and that and who Auburn and Alabama. I, I want to do all that uh, when we run out of football stuff to talk about. <laughs> no worries. So we'll take okay. a quick break right here. Tide one hundred point nine traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. One of our early morning accidents is now clear. This was Skyland Boulevard at Highway 69, just south of I-20. The turning lane there had been blocked for a while, but that scene is now clear. All lanes open and no backup through the area. If you're traveling eastbound 2059 out of the Tuscaloosa area up around Coling, we have an accident that's popped up near the Dambler Bends Boulevard exit, but it is on the right shoulder. No lanes blocked. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. This is a years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Where are, uh, I'm tickled to have Roman Harper on. I'm always giving him a hard time about his socks. And uh, he's got a big beard now, but he's really good. Morning, Roman. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, how's, your, how's your golf game? Uh, I'm thinking about trying to sneak out the other day, man. It's cold, though, but... Yeah, well, it'd be a good day for you. It'd be a good day for you to go. It's cold. Nobody will see you swing. That'll help you. (laughs) (laughs) I played twice in California. One day was terrible. The other day was I played at the Rose Bowl, but it was strictly bogey golf. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, bogey. Yeah, you picked them up to get you. You picked it. You picked it up in order not to get a double. Uh, Let me tell you what I have said on this show. And so you can correct me. We've already heard Coach talk about the huddle on the last plays. Okay. And here's my here's my observation. Four or five plays beat you in football. Don't give me all this baloney about this play. First of all, the timeout was huge at Michigan, the biggest timeout in the history of Michigan football. But this play doesn't happen. We don't talk about this play if Alabama stops them defensively and that little goober runs in the end zone who doesn't look very fast, but he is. And scores for him. Number two, if we put if he puts if Tommy puts anybody with that football besides Milrow and they don't make it, 
people go crazy. Why in the name of Pete didn't you have Milrow with football? The problem in the, in the thing, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again. The problem was it wasn't blocked well. Uh, you can, you can, if you want to say it's a wrong play, you can. When I'm letting you talk here in just a second, but but it's just one of those things that that there there were other reasons Alabama got themselves in that situation, and that people forget that. Okay, I'm through. Go ahead. <laughs> so, coach, uh, you're correct about a lot of these things. Number one, that's because you come from a coach a coaching background, so you understand it never comes down to just one situation, one play. It's so many other things that go into a game when it comes to wins and losses. Um, football specifically comes down to about five plays every game. Yep. And that can determine whether you blow them out, your game's close, and it goes either way. But it's usually about five plays. Like, we can Good. pick out those five, we can debate them, but it's five plays. Okay. Whoever wins that usually wins the game. And so you're right about that. And then now coming to the last play, the correct call is give the ball to Milgrove. That, that's yeah. the correct call. The ball is in his hand, period. Yeah. And yeah. so I love that fact. Do I love the play design? Maybe not, because the moment yeah. you motion the running back out, everybody in the stadium knows it's quarterback draw. Okay. And so then they tried to trap it. It was not blocked well. It was not executed well. Okay. So that was that play. Now, before that, like you said, Alabama was lucky to even be only down three at halftime with the way they played that first half. Let's be honest here. Michigan should have been up 10 or 14, but they were not. And so – you come out in the second half, you're doing great. You're moving the ball right down the field. You have two bad snaps. You stall again. Mm-hmm. And that was the name of the game all day, was stalling offensive drives for whatever reason. You get a first down, you give up a quarterback sack. Next you know, you get possession, you give up a quarterback sack. You got the quarterback hit way too often too early in the first half. And then in the second half, when you actually had some things going, you stalled out on two big momentum drives, whether it was the bad snaps, then Jalen Milrow with the fumble when they got the ball back. Even though defensively on the scoreboard, you're not going to think about it because it didn't hurt you because the kicker missed the kick. But we're talking about time on the clock. Okay. Would have been completely different when Michigan, all of a sudden, Alabama couldn't get a stop when they needed to in the last, under the last four minutes where defensively they had stopped Michigan all second half. So that's what it came down to. And uh, they got to be able to execute. That fourth and two where all of a sudden Caleb Downs and the linebacker uh, Ahmad uh, Campbell, do not pass that off correctly. And for whatever reason, it's just a little miscommunications. And I thought Michigan took advantage of some of the things that Auburn had success doing versus Alabama in the last game of the season. Uh, offensively, uh, they did that versus Alabama. And Alabama did not adjust and did not get those things handled. And you can't play, Coach. You know this. Anytime you're in a tournament, it's big-time basketball. You don't get to play a C-plus, B-minus game and win that game. Like, you don't get to because the team you're playing is just as good as you are. So you've got to play an A-plus game or A performance if you want to win on the big stage, especially when you're playing against a team that you're not better than when you just line up on paper. Yeah. Well, I have felt like, and trying to say it in a nice way, and uh, knowing not anything like you know, that there were times that Alabama got out-schemed. Uh, they got out schemed on Michigan's offense, out schemed Alabama's defense. I, it, you, you can correct me on that, or say that's right, or whatever. I, I just thought they were. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> say that again. I thought I thought that Alabama got out schemed. 
I thought the schemes yeah. that that, 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 yeah. that Michigan had on yeah. several occasions where they scored or made long runs, they uh, schemed or tricked Alabama. You know, trick's not a good word, but they. Uh, I thought they out schemed Alabama a little bit on de- uh, defensively. Alabama's defense. Well, well there, there, I totally agree with you, Coach. Uh, number one, every time Alabama came out and field offense, they hit the quarterback. You can't. So we can't come out and do this if we're going to get our quarterback hit. Can't do it. So that's number one. I don't know if they were not ready. They didn't get the protection right. But for whatever reason, the quarterback got hit every single time. So that's a bad deal. Second thing, uh, as far as it comes to Michigan's offense, that first drive that they had that they went down there and scored, um, they ran a couple plays. They ran a pitch play. Uh, Alabama had no chance to – like they blocked Michigan. We caught them completely off guard. Mm-hmm. And then all the run schemes that Michigan did – when everybody was like, okay, well, Michigan usually just like to run it up the gut, da-da-da, off tackle a little bit. They did a lot of G schemes, which means they pull guards, they're getting to the edges, blocking down. And Alabama's linebackers have to get over the top and fit these runs right. On the last touchdown for Corral, they did not fit that run right. They went into the wrong gap, and then next you know, you got a big explosive run. So these are the things that happen all game long, and those are the scheme plays that you're talking about. Fourth and yeah. two, getting the ball out to uh, – to um to uh, quorum right there, and the Alabama didn't pass it off. It's kind of the same way on the first touchdown when Corum snuck out the other way when yeah. he lined up on the right side of the quarterback and released out to the left through the line of scrimmage using the uh, the the, in, um, the guys in short position to go across to maybe get a pick or, or anything like that, and they scored on that one. So, like, those are two schematic plays where, look, we're in crucial situations. This is a play we're calling, and it's a tendency breaker because – they tend not to throw it to Blake Corm all year long in those situations. And then on the biggest stage, that's what they do. So, yes, this was game plan. Yes, these were schematics. And, yeah, if you want to look at it in that way, they out-schemed, out-coached, out-prepared in those ways. And they got Alabama. At that point, you're like, man, they got us. we got to come on out. Yeah, well, the little guard, the little running back, it looks like a like a little I don't know what, but he can, he he get he he does he runs better to to run to look like he that can't run more than any back I've ever seen. The guy at Michigan, he just he just did he just he, he's, he's good. A lot of tackles. <laughs> he is good, and he's kind of been that guy all year long. Um, no surprise from his success yeah. in. He's a really good college running back, and Michigan blocked it up well. And, and Coach, you got to understand, like, that first half, all they were doing, and the quarterback did it too, Orgy, the backup quarterback for Michigan, is when you're doing these these pulls and these power plays and the guards are pulling, the running backs, what they're doing is they're pressing the hole, pressing the hole, and just kind of just being patient behind it. And then at the last minute, they're going to cut it back. So if I'm going left, I'm going to continue to just kind of skip left, skip left, get left to kind of let things widen out. And then I'm going to break back to my right last minute and just go from there. And look, and what those plays do is it turns a two-yard gain into a four- or five-yard gain because I'm pressing the hole, pressing the hole, cut back late, and then I'm falling forward or the pile is pushing late. And so when it's really hard as a defensive coordinator to consistently have a great defensive play call when it's second and four, second and three. And and not second and nine, second and eight. I yeah. feel much better calling that game than I do on the other one because now I kind of got to be conservative because they can take a shot because they feel comfortable getting it on third and two. And so you're kind of off balance and off kilter. That's why Alabama was able to get off the field so much better in the second half, in the third quarter, and early in the fourth quarter 
because they were better on first and second down. So you yeah. got to win first down or second down if you want to have a chance to win third down. That was the big difference for me. First half, and, and look, as I said on my show at halftime, I'm like, Alabama should not panic at all. They're lucky they're only down three points after that half. Like, they're lucky. And Michigan fans are like, oh, we played bad too. We, I'm like, uh, you guys needed it to be an ugly game to make it the way that you did. Um, I, 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 it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see outside of the muff punt, which only, Michigan only got hurt off of one of them, um, was that what would Michigan be able to do differently or better? And yeah. uh, I don't know if they would say a lot of different things, you know? Yeah. I, uh, this is a great interview. I mean, people all people, record this interview. No kidding. This is, I, I thought probably that uh, Michigan learned a lot about Alabama from the Auburn game. Now, here's a team that's not as good as Alabama who plays them head up. Uh, naturally, they got you know home field advantage and so forth. Uh, you know, I, there, there's nobody that broke down film any more than Alabama did. I, I, I know coach, and I know that what he's expected of as assistant coaches. They already had, they already had Texas and and uh, and Washington broken down in case they got to play one of those two. So that, as far as breaking the film down and looking at film and working for the game, uh, Alabama outworked them. I guarantee you they did, but. Uh, I think I think maybe that, uh, and you, you correct me that that maybe Michigan learned a little bit uh, from the Auburn game. Uh, I, I definitely think they took some of those schemes and some of those run activities from the Auburn game, especially like where they had uh, the wide receiver Roman Wilson just kind of by the line of scrimmage, and then they motion him back late or after the snap, like somebody would be close to the line of scrimmage and they go back across, whether it's a tight end. Or even Roman Wilson on the touchdown in the late in the to take it to overtime right there. Um, those are things that Alabama didn't play well versus Auburn. When you got yeah. guys moving and you got to have the communication piece, somebody has to pick that guy up from yeah. the backside or have somebody to be able to account for the person coming out the backside. And so those are the little things that were going on. And then when the guy goes back to the backside, doesn't mean that they're not running to the front side either. So. Those are the things that Auburn had success doing, creating short corners, pulling guards, making corners have to tackle guys. And so that was what they did. That was the flavor of the day. And, look, I, I, I totally anticipate that Alabama was caught off guard that first half by the run game of Michigan because they were doing it a different way. And then in the second half, you come in, you adjust, all right, we're going to do it this way. And they do it better, and they play better. And then – and they played it good the whole second half besides the last four minutes. But that's what football is. Yeah. And Sorry. the thing I love about football the most is that it's not basketball. And yeah. it's not a series. <laughs> it's not about – in a series, the best team usually wins. Yeah. In football, it's the team that plays the best that day. Yeah. And so I right. played that game, Coach, where we were the better team. I was on Carolina Panthers for Super Bowl 50. We played the Denver Broncos. We probably beat that team seven, at, seven or eight out of ten times. But you know what? We did that day yeah. because we got our quarterback knocked off way too early, got hit way too many times, and defensively we didn't make enough plays when we had the opportunities yeah. to. Yeah. It's always it's always the personality of that game. Yeah. It's always that, it's that game. You, yeah, and, and so that is what happens, and that's football. And yeah. I said it on my broadcast after the game. I said, Alabama, these players are going to look at that film, they're going to kick themselves because they – 
had an opportunity to win and uh, have a chance to compete for a national championship game when nobody thought that they'd be here. When you did as worked as, as hard as you could to get to this point, and then you play a bad game in the biggest thing on the biggest game. So that, that and that's what football is. And you yeah. get what your results are in football. You are what your record is. Nobody cares about injuries. And nobody feels sorry for anybody. You got to be a big boy, put your big boy pants on, and get the result that you did that you earned in that day. Oh, that's right. You're so good and so right about about that. Just the coaching philosophy and, and playing. Well, now we've got uh, we've got the transfer portal uh, going full full speed. Yeah, we've got guys who um, there, there are two factors. Uh, not so much with Alabama's transfers, but with transfers around the country, and that, those two factors are. are Lack of playing time, so you're going to leave, and money. Uh, so you because the guys that are on your team are making more money than you are, so you're going to go somewhere where you can make more. Uh, that's not the particular case with Alabama, but the, the running back at Ole Miss. Uh, I don't think Alabama would give him. Two, I don't think they got give him two million. I, I think he's and you go and I want you to. I think he's. I think he's a a good running back. But almost, almost an average running back, <laughs> uh, and you'll, you'll probably say, "Well, come on." I think he's good, uh, but he's going for money, and I just wanted to bring him out. That's because that's one money guy. Uh, I, Alabama ain't no more going to give him two million than they are me, in my opinion. I think he's a good player, but not that kind of player. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, it's hard for. NFL running backs to get $2 million right now. Why, so sure. I, I don't see, you know what I mean? So that, let's keep that in perspective as well. And because of that, I'm not totally surprised that Quinshawn would go into the portal. And here we go. I'll explain it why, Coach. And so I, I don't think he's coming to Alabama. Alabama's got a pack. Why, no? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't say that. But you use us as an example, and it's fine. I would say no. But I, I do understand in this way. Because he said he was coming back and everybody was excited. Lane Kiffin even talked about Quinchon being a great example of why he's a little nervous about certain things in this whole transfer portal because you got a really good player that's been good for a couple years. Yeah, right. Somebody might just throw something at him, right, and yeah. get him to bite. And, right. and so if he's a running back, they already devalue you at the next level, which sure. you're going to go to in another year or so. So you're yep. already going to get devalued up there. And so why not? when I have one year to be a free agent, just at least try and get some money now, right? Okay. Kickstart me because okay. next year, the moment I get to where I'm at, once I get drafted, a lot of people have the philosophy that they will not give a running back a second contract. Like they just not going to pay. I'm not going to spend that money on a second contract. I'll just go get another one. Like they're, they're a dozen. <laughs> yeah. That, like that is the perspective for yeah. some of these guys. So if I'm a running back, I mean, number one, if my kids are running back, I'm telling them, bro, you might want to switch because they're not going to value the moment you get out of college. Go to like, quarterback. Yeah. yeah, you better do something else, dude. So yeah. I understand it for that reason alone, that, man, he's got this one window, and his value, like, at this point, is it going to be even any higher than it is right now? If it's not, then you should go get it because now you better go what you can because the moment you get a, get addressed in Sundays, Dude, they're going to give you that first contract, tell you how great you are, and then by the time you try and get that second deal, they're like, uh, I don't know. Nah, yeah. But I'm willing to pay an average, a, a very average quarterback $35, 40000000 yep. all right, Danny Dimes in New York, 
And then Saquon Barkley has to beg to get ten million when he's yeah. the whole reason this whole offense. Yeah. And they can't they can't pick quarterbacks to start with. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, coach. And so like so that is why, in my opinion, I'm like Quinchon Junkins. I feel completely different about. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right. He got to get the money while he can. Those running backs are 88 and out the gate after a year. Yeah, they're not going to get it. Yeah, you're right. Okay. For me, I'm like, with that one, I'm like, Ugh, I get it. I would have almost told Brock Bowers to do the same thing because you already won two national championships. How much? So just go get you a check real quick to kind of, hey, look, this is going to be my early retirement. I could yeah. set this off to the side. Yeah. Then by the time I'm 30, 35, dude, it's paying me residual for the rest of my life. So. This is the concept, and I hope somebody is teaching some of these young kids. Because you're 20 years old, you can be set at 34, 35. You know, by the time, don't even talk about when you're 40. You're going to be good. Uh, I got two other things before I let you go real quick. All right. Uh, what about the transfer of the elite guys that are leaving Alabama? Any thoughts about anybody in particular that's leaving that probably shouldn't be or whatever? I mean, I don't know how you want to word it. You know, you don't need to word it where everybody gets hacked. But Yeah, so... I saw the centers transferred. I totally get it. Uh, Alabama okay. fans are going to try and kill him. So, yeah. I mean, same way Pete Golden needed to leave last year. It's just, okay. hey, this is what playing at Alabama does. It's sad, but it is true. Okay. And he okay. had a bad game. He had a bad game. That's true. Uh, yeah. I, heard, I saw J.C. Latham uh, declare for the draft. I'm a little concerned for that because I, I thought he would have a dominating year this year. He did not dominate college football. And – and I just saw, and I just always think back to a guy named Alex Leatherwood, yep. who was a first-round pick out to Oakland at the time, or Las Vegas now, to the Raiders. And he made it two years, released, and now is bouncing around or is not even on a team. And so, and Alex Leatherwood was twice the college player J.C. Latham was. Different position, left versus right. And left tackles get paid more than right. So is J.C. going to get moved to guard in the league? I don't know. But that would be my only, like, all right, whatever, right? You still go do your own decision. You're, you're a grown man. Go do what you want to do. That was my – that's one concern. Terion Arnold and Kool-Aid, I think they're both first-round picks. I actually like Terion more than Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid has great technique. He's all Yeah, he's, he's uh, average as running water. So, but I, I do like Terion because uh, he's just a guy – it's something about him. He's just got some ish to him a little bit. And uh, and so I, I do – I don't mind that because if you're going to be a first-round pick, like, that's fine, lead. But it's not even about the first-round pick for me. It's more about – because the real money doesn't really start to stick, and you get it until you get to that second contract yeah. and the third contract. So the quicker you can get to that, the quicker you should go. So I'm fine yeah. with it. And uh, and then Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner leaving. Chris Braswell's been to college four years already. He's time – and he can go. Yeah, he he's not going to improve his stock anymore by staying around. You know, everybody yeah, sure. knows who he is. Yeah. He's going to get drafted when he's going to be. Dallas Turner's a first-round guy who's an edge problem, and uh, and so he'll get to go too. And I think he's yeah. going to test really well too. So it, uh, yeah. the guys that left, I think they're leaving for good reasons. And um, only one I would question is Daisy Latham, but that's just because I had the the picture in mind of Alex Leatherwood, and I don't know where they're projecting J.C. at. Is he a tackle yeah. or a guard? Well, that's great. All right, final thing, and uh, tell our listeners, uh, first thing, first thing, I didn't want, I like the coach at Texas very well. I, I, didn't want, I didn't want anybody to go to Texas 
and have to play on Texas almost home field. I, I, so I didn't want Alabama to go down there to Texas. I was scared of that. I was scared of anybody. Go, so they got out. They're out. So that that suited me, although I like I like Coach awfully good at Texas. He's a very scheme guy, very smart guy. Um, how, tell our listeners your feelings on this final game, and then we'll let you go to the house and, and uh, practice on your putting. <laughs> my putting's actually pretty good, Coach. Oh, it is? Yeah, but you're putting for a six. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. You know, styles make fights. And so I, I picked Washington to beat Texas um, because I, I didn't anticipate. I'm like, look, if Texas had the advantage up front def- defensive line-wise, everybody kept bragging about Texas, kept bragging about Texas. I said, well, Washington doesn't run the ball up the middle. They, they don't do that. And it'll be interesting to see, and it's going to come down to the same thing. Is Michigan's D-line and pass rush an advantage the way it was versus Alabama in that first half and then late in that game? Um, is it a big enough advantage to stop uh, Washington? Now, Washington's got three legit wide receivers. And on their run game, they don't run up the middle. They run to the edges. So they do a lot of block down, pin and pull stuff. They pull guards. They get to the edges. And Washington has a Joe Moore Ward offensive line, which says they are the best offensive line in the country. And so they're not getting enough credit either. So if they protect Michael Penix, I I admit, these slot receivers versus Michigan safeties down the field, Michael Penix is going to have a day. Um, if they if if Michigan's defensive line does not stop them and get after them enough, but then on the other side, Michigan's run game may be more have a chance to really have a dominating day. Yeah, Washington doesn't stop the run very well. Close game. The run very yeah they didn't stop the run very well versus Texas either. But Texas just they couldn't stop Washington. So you don't get to run the ball when you're down 14 points. So like that's what killed it. So um it'll be interesting to see. I I'm. I'm taking Washington uh, okay. to the national championship last year. The Pac-12 okay. uh, go out there and do it. And there's and just been something about this Washington team all year long where they've been doubted. They've well, that's interesting. Hard. And the yeah. same thing can be said about Michigan, too, because it's been Michigan versus the world. But in this matchup, I, I think I'm going to go. And I know I was wrong about Alabama-Michigan last week, but I, I was right about Washington-Texas, and I think I'll be right again. I'm going with Washington to win it. Well, I'm telling you right now, this you know I'm always kidding you about stuff. But this has been a great, great interview. We need to keep this thing and play it some some uh, some other time. So I want to thank you for for being on. We'll we'll play in in Nick's golf tournament. Me and you'll be partners. I can't wait. I should All right. game now. I should thank you. I, I appreciate you being on. You're great. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it, man. Okay. You know, thank you. Replay it for you, too, man. Bye. All right. Thank you. I'll tell you what, folks. That, uh, get, getting him on, and if you listen to the whole deal, uh, that's better than Barry talking, me talking, whoever talking. you got a great insight into, into that game, uh, into college football in general, as to what what makes you win and lose, and to what happens. Uh, not It's not a one-play It's not a one play game, although that play was big. And uh, Roman Harper uh, does a terrific job. We'll take a we'll take our break, and uh, we'll come back and continue to not continue. We've only had one phone call, uh, but you're welcome to call right after the right after the eight o'clock break and, and 
say what you want to say about he picked Washington to win. Uh, what you think about what he said? Uh, what you want to talk about? Uh, we'll we'll try to talk about. Uh, we're gonna have Sonny Smith on at eight uh, fifteen for a little while, and then we'll talk a little bit about this upcoming basketball season. So I'll turn it over to Justin now. That's right. We're going to go ahead and go to the top of the hour break, Coach, and then we'll come back and, and keep things going and have Sonny Smith, like you said. So okay. stay tuned, everybody. We'll take our, our break here at the top of the hour. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center. Biggest backup we're seeing right now is on southbound Highway 43 as you approach Middle Area. If you're traveling on I-2059, no backups or problems at all between Fosters and Cottondale. Now, if you're continuing further east in the Coaling area, we do have an accident there. It's near the Damler Benz Boulevard exit. It's on the shoulder of the road. It's been there about an hour, but no real impact on traffic there. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide 100.9. What up, everybody? It's Corey Miller, the pastor of Pain, alongside my partner Christian Miller. Coming up on the Miller's Edge on Friday. We like to call Friday Friday. It's all calls. We want to hear from you, the people. 205-342-9904. Or send us a question on the app. It's free, Tide 100.9. It's the Miller's Edge. On Friday. Tune in 11 to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today, Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain, the low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day. The clouds will likely linger. A high tomorrow back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 30 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9, traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center. Biggest backup we're seeing right now is on southbound Highway 43 as you approach Middle Area. If you're traveling on I-2059, no backups or problems at all between Fosters and Cottondale. Now, if you're continuing further east in the Coaling area, we do have an accident there. It's near the Damler Benz Boulevard exit. It's on the shoulder of the road. It's been there about an hour, but no real impact on traffic there. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NBA, two games highlighted by the Nuggets. Big comeback win over the Warriors, 130-127 to on the road. Denver was down 18 points in the fourth quarter. They closed the game on a 25-4 run, and it was capped by a 40-foot buzzer beater from star Nikola Jokic, who had 34 points, 9 rebounds, and 10 assists. Bucks over the Spurs, 125-121. Milwaukee star Giannis Antetokounmpo, 44 points, 14 rebounds. In the win. College basketball, four ranked teams in action. They all won. Number 10, Arizona cruises to a 97 50 win over Colorado. 15th ranked Memphis gets by Tulsa on the road, 78 75. Number 19, James Madison improved to 14 0 on the season with a 68 61 win at Louisiana. And number 24, Gonzaga took care of Pepperdine, 86 60. NHL games of note Penguins edged the Bruins, 6 5. Avalanche over the Stars, 5 4 in overtime. Panthers beat the Golden Knights, 4 1. 
Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, we're coming back uh, after a terrific uh, interview with with Roman. I think uh, that, that interview is about as good an interview as you'll you'll find. Hopefully, I ask him decent questions, but he he went off on it quite a bit. And all of our interviews and all of our stuff has been brought to you by Yellowwood and Jimmy Rain and Yellowwood. Been nice enough to because I worked for him for a year to sponsor our show. Our show's really gone good. Uh, if you need if you need a great product to build with, and Yellowwood is absolutely without a doubt. I watched them. I watched them do things down there that most people don't ever get to watch, and so I recommend. I recommend that company. I recommend Yellowwood, and I appreciate uh, all you people uh, trading with them if you can. And I appreciate you listening to our show. We got Tom on today. He wants to ask me something, and I hope I can answer it. Tom. <laughs> Morning, Coach. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm hanging in there for an old guy. How are you? I'm good, and you're correct. Uh, the show this morning has been outstanding. Yeah. And uh, highlighted by the interview with Roman Harper. Yeah, he's good. Uh, very good conversation about football and about the game. Good job, Doug. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to ask you something, that, if you'll do for me, when okay. Coach Smith comes on. Okay, sure. Uh, you know, you always ask him what's going on in NASCAR. Yeah. And, uh, and and you know, Coach Smith uh, follows NASCAR pretty close. He knows yep. a lot of people involved in NASCAR. Yep. Well, they lost the iconic figure uh, this past week, Cale uh, Yarber from over in South Carolina. And Cale uh, was a, a NASCAR champion, a great driver, and uh, – very competitive and a good businessman. Uh, had a good uh, reputation uh, around the track. Uh, was friends with the Allisons, and I got a feeling that Coach Smith probably knew him, and okay. uh, he could elaborate on uh, Kale's career. Do you mind asking him? No, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. For, I'll ask him right out of the shoot. I'll ask. I'll be the first thing I'll ask. Him. Well, and, uh, I don't know how much he. Uh, how much, I, I, when I talk to him, after I get through talking to Sonny, I ain't figured out what he said to me. Because <laughs> uh, I try to find out how Jan is, and I can't decide how Jan is after I hang up. Uh, well, so. I, you know, I, I would leave that up to him. <laughs> and uh, of course, I always I'm concerned about. Uh, the people that we interact with on the show and <laughs> all that. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know if he – I agree with you, Coach. He may not even remember, but I, I, it's one of the uh, – he, he used to speak. He used to speak to all the drivers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he hadn't done that now in years because that COVID stuff killed everything. But uh, he used uh, to speak I, to all the drivers, and, I, and I'd ask him how he did in some day weeks. He, Years he'd say he did good. Yeah. Some years he'd say he didn't do too good. And I'd, I'd get on to him about speaking to him and fussed at him and all that yeah. crap. So, <laughs> well, they used to have a big banquet. Yeah. Big yeah. And he was the head chief of that banquet. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, and uh, he uh, they brought it in there. It was a fundraiser for the school for the blind, you know. Yeah. And uh, and he would come in there and uh, uh, and, and he did an outstanding job. But I was going to tell you, he was always around a bunch of important people in that. So yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure he was. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Sure, Kelly Arbor is sure very important. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you had somewhat of a relationship with uh, Kelly Yarbrough, and I was going to get you to try to get him to elaborate on that. Yeah, I'll see what he'll. I see what he'll do. I'm going to start first. I'm going to start right off with that one because if he don't, if I don't, he'll 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 be better the first time the question you ask him, and it will be the last. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll hit him I'll hit I'll hit him when I think he's at his absolute best. I apologize. Oh, pal. All right, thanks, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll get Sunny in at about uh, 15 minutes after the hour. I was talking about uh, I was talking about next year. You know, everybody's looking at next year. What what uh, what the te- their teams are going to do next year. And the early predictions that I mentioned before we get Sonny on, it's 8.08, now we'll get him on 8.15, was that Georgia and Alabama would probably be the best two teams uh, in the 16-team league next year. Remember, not 14, but 16 with Texas and Oklahoma coming. Uh, they picked Texas third. They get, get this one. They picked Ole Miss fourth because they've been to the transfer portal and they've loaded the wagons so they can keep this running back there. I wonder, Coach, if that's changed at all after their, the running back has entered the portal. Yeah, that may change. Uh, Missouri, who, based on what they did this year, was picked fifth, uh, and they should have been. Guy gets no credit, and they should have gotten all kind of credit. They did a great, did a great, had a great year, and uh, he's, he's a very good coach. Uh, Tennessee uh, need to be picked there because their quarterback is darn good. And if their defense and their defense continue to get better, I think Tennessee is going to be. My, my opinion, and nobody cares about that. My opinion is they'll be second East. Uh, so Tennessee is really good. They're pick six. Oklahoma was pick seventh. I'm not sure about them. Uh, they lost a lot of people. Defense coordinator left. Got a new one coming in. They maybe outside of the win against Texas with maybe underachieved. I don't know. LSU was picked eighth. LSU, of course, lost the quarterback, changed completely defensive staff, all four members of the defensive staff, 88 and out the gate. Um, so they're going to hire new people there. Uh, next, and and they were eighth. Ninth was Texas A&M. Brand new staff there, new head coach. A lot of people leaving uh, because they hired a defensive coordinator. The offensive guys, 88 and out the gate. Um, A&M should be good. Ninth may be about the right spot for them. Next to them, they picked Kentucky. They picked Kentucky 10th. Um, I don't know whether uh, that's any any good or not. And then uh, number 11, they picked Auburn. Uh, Auburn is a little bit questionable as to how, I mean, they, they actually had a good, great recruiting year, but well, those recruits will be able to come in and win quick. Uh, question comes up, quarterback question continues to come up. We'll see what happens there. So Auburn is picked 11th. Florida was picked 12th uh, because they lost a lot of the guys they thought they were recruiting. I don't know if that's good, bad, or none of the above, but they're, they're 12th. South Carolina, 
who J.C. said yesterday was going to be better than people thought. Quarterback was going to be good. Uh, they, they had a lot of injuries this past year. They don't play Georgia, Florida, or somebody else. I forget who. The schedule lightens up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them a little bit better than where they're picked. And then Arkansas is picked next. Uh, I don't know about them. They're, they're keeping coach, which they should. Mississippi State is 15th. Um, they've got a new coach coming in who's going to be very good, offensive-minded guy. And so, you know, they they should really uh, get better, but they're not going to get better next year. They, they'll they'll bring in some, some players, and, and they'll be with a new offensive guy there who's supposed to be a lot like Lane Kiffin as far as calling plays. People get excited about that. Anyway, they're picked 15th, and of course, last but last. And a real struggle is Vanderbilt, who's picked 16th. This doesn't, this doesn't mean anything. It just set this talk as far as the early predictions. People want to write something. They wrote Georgia and Alabama to start with. They brought Texas, uh, Texas third, Ole Miss fourth, Missouri and Tennessee. I won't go through it again. So, do we have? Do we need to take a break before Sunny? We have, uh, we will, uh, but we have just a, a minute or two more here. I think the SEC coach, as you're going over these teams, it's going to be really interesting as we have the 12 team playoff next year. Because I think, I think all the SEC teams minus probably the bottom three, all realistically could have a shot at getting into the playoff. Um, of course, not not all of them at the same time, but any of the teams individually could have a chance at getting into the playoff, which is is going to be. I think quite a spectacle when we come down to it at the well, end. Well, we got uh, yeah, we've got a situation in the ACC where they'll have some. Uh, Big Ten will have their their share. The Big Twelve will have more than them. We don't have a, we don't have another 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 league. Uh, Pac twelve is eighty eight and out the gate. We got those two teams out there: Oregon State and Washington State. Oregon State's really good. They lost their coach. Uh, he went to Michigan State. That's a problem there. I think uh, quarterback uh, quarterback left. Um, so we, we, we melted it down to big 10, uh, big 12, um, SDC, ACC, and somebody else I'm forgetting, but, uh, uh that, that's it. The four, I guess, yeah. right? Cause uh, we, no well, somebody said there's five, but I can't think who the fifth, fifth league is anyway. Um, it's just like, um, uh, it's just like. Florida State, the team that didn't get to be fourth this year, number 13 next year will be upset. Number 13 will tell you every cotton-picking reason, and I, I'm not going to feel, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare them to Florida State, but there will be. 13 and 14 will, will not, won't be able to figure out, you know, strength of schedule, this guy getting hurt, those kinds of things. But there will be more stink about that. I think this and I think that. Uh, about the 12 teams that got in versus the two or three that didn't get in. That's, that's just the way it'll be. It, All right, it, we'll call Sonny and uh, get him going. And, and uh, then when we get through, I'm going to explain to all of you about basketball a little bit better than you understand it as far as the schedule is concerned and what's going to happen. 
365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for DTY accessibility. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa West. Clouds increasing today. Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain. The low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day. The clouds will likely linger. A high tomorrow back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 35 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide Sonny Smith. Sonny, you are you around this morning? Yeah, just barely alive. Just barely alive. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hope you are. Yeah, I'm okay. Been playing, watching cowboy movies. Oh Lord, if they're on, I watch them. Have you seen Sunset Cars? You know, I haven't seen any of those back in the Temple Sunset Carson. And guys that I used to love, Buster Crab and all those guys. Buster Crab, I didn't watch no Buster oh, Crab. Still Buster. Buster was never a big star, but he got he. They tried to make him one, but he was uh, he was on along the earth, hop along, and those guys. Those were the uh, days, you know. Yeah, they were. Uh, Tom, one of our faithful listeners, has called me and wanted me to ask you, in all seriousness, about Kale Yarber. He passed away. I guess you know this. Um, and I only met him one time, Wimp. But if you heard the other drivers talk about him, they were all uh, uh, not not afraid of him, afraid to race him hard. They said he was so difficult to race hard that uh, like he wouldn't back off. And those were I heard Bobby Allison say that, 
They didn't say he was a dirty driver. They said it, it, when you got up even with him, you had to race him hard to get around him. He was a very difficult racer. And, uh, so racing and, hard just simply means if you if you get even, he don't he do whatever he need to do to get by you. Is that right? Uh, yeah, race race hard all the time from the back to the front and in, in the middle. And he was highly regarded by everyone. That that you know, I I I, I wasn't in the NASCAR. With, as far as a number of people, but the ones that I knew highly respected Bobby Allison being one of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what his age was when he passed away. Well, I would say probably in the eighties. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Being Bobby, uh, Bobby, Bobby and I were all three in, in the eighties, I think. And I think they'll probably be about the same. Yeah. Bobby, uh, the Allison brothers and all were really great drivers too. They were a little bit cut out of a different mold, weren't they? With with Kyle, they weren't probably as yeah tough minded, were they? Those those two guys and Red Farmer, a guy named Red Farmer. Yeah, I, I went to Alabama Sports Hall of Fame with Red Farmer. Yeah, you put those three together, they hated to see them coming. You know, yeah. they were so raced so hard, and and their cars were so well prepared. They had this one guy in Hueytown. I cannot remember his name. That worked with Bobby Allison. That could set up a car incredibly good. And those guys were when you saw them coming, you know it was it was tough. Cale Yarbo raced out of another organization. I think he raced somewhere out of. He could have been in North Carolina, but he actually from South Carolina originally. So I don't know exactly where he he got where his cars were out of, but. Boy, Bobby Allison's crews were always well. Yeah. You know, Red Farmer was a really a nice guy. The only reason I said that I went in with him is I wanted people to know I knew him a little bit, and he was a nice guy. And he raced. He raced forever, didn't he? I mean, he was only that, that Booger Barrick was racing when everybody else had quit. What he did, he and the, he and the Allisons and Red before them probably put uh, racing on the map in Alabama. You know, there's a lot of good ones. But Red Farmer is one that, that always came up first when they talk about the old guys. Red Farmer was right in there with, with both the Allisons and, and other drivers. There's many other drivers that were great, but Red Farmer was like a catalyst for those. Yeah. Well, that's interesting about Kale Yarbrough. I'm glad you're able to tell our, tell Tom and our listeners. Kale Yarbrough, if, you, if he's in a room talking to you, you wouldn't look at him as a superstar. He'd be talking <laughs> to everybody. He was a nice guy, you know. He wasn't uh, standoffish in any way. Yeah. Bobby Allison was the same way. I think race car drivers in that regard, with the exception of a couple, uh, might be that if you ever met Kale Yarbrough, not Kale Yarbrough, Darrell Walter, he was just talk to everybody type of guy, you know, and I think racers, racers were cut out of a different mold, I think, yeah. than other people. Well, we'll talk about uh, SEC basketball it's starting tomorrow. Uh, I know you're not going because of Dan's sickness, but uh, Auburn is at Arkansas, which will be uh, a tough game. Auburn is, uh, would have a chance at that game. Uh, Arkansas plays as good as they can play. It would be hard for Auburn. Um, tell our listeners about Auburn basketball and what you think. I don't think Auburn uh, has opposed anybody that will play like they did. How they adjust to that up and down and that uh, double teaming and and uh, up tempo basketball all the time. How they adjust to that is going to be. I think Auburn's got uh, two things in mind. Can they beat? Can they beat Arkansas in the post area? Get it in and post them up and be and take care of them. Then I think they can 
play with the rest of them on a perimeter. But it's going to be an up-and-down game. And I don't know if Auburn wants it to be that way as much as Arkansas know that they do. I don't think the press will affect Auburn from a standpoint of turnovers as much as it will force them out of their offense a little bit. You know, I don't. I think you would probably agree with that. Auburn's ball handlers are pretty good. Yeah, they are. But now they're going to make it tough for them to run an offense with balance. Yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, I think that's a they're going to have to live off of some one on one moves and, and plays like that, uh, uh, fast break runs and that type of thing. I think to make it tough. And Arkansas is tough at home too. It, you, and when you go, I've only been there twice, and, but now you talk about getting after you. Their fans really do. Yeah, I got a technical foul there. Can you believe that? Must uh, uh, Musman uh, will be all over the officials. He'll have them on his side, won't he? Yeah, he does that. He does it very well. With a t-shirt on. With a t-shirt on. Yeah. He, I think he's a different kind of guy. I've never, I've never talked to him just up front and yeah. and personal. I haven't. I played against. I coached against his daddy twice. Yeah. And I, and I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again because we got new listeners. His daddy said to me, Coach. When this game is over with, is it okay if we don't shake hands? And I said, sure. And he was in the pros. He's passed away now. He said, let's just wave at each other when the game is over. And we, I was at Little Rock when I played him. I played him in Little Rock, MLB. We beat him. We, we won the games. And I just waved at him, which suited me. I said, I said, that's fine. I mean, I don't care about shaking hands. I'll just wave at you. We just wave at each other. Start to say he's talking to the right guy about that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They won't be. I always uh, they go down the line and shake hands. And, uh, now it's, it's kind of it's kind of a phony shake when they go down and shake each other's hand. Now playing golf next week, are you? Yeah, you ain't uh, at the game talk about playing golf next week. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the league itself, I have said, has six good teams: Kentucky and the three A's, Arkansas, Auburn, and Alabama. And Tennessee and Texas A&M, those six. Uh, the other eight, somebody's going to be better than I think. Somebody's going to be somebody's going to be worse than I think. What What is your feelings about the league? Well, I think uh, to to grab a spot and you don't know where they will or not. LSU, you have to put them in. Can they Can they jump up? Can they play better? Uh, I think you might put them in that category before it's all over. Right now, I wouldn't. I'm like, they just got a new player yesterday, day before yesterday. Yeah, I think I think they're a team that you have to watch. Okay. I think I, this sounds crazy. It's not. It's not like an intelligent statement or anything. But <laughs> I think the team that can win on the road, the, the team that wins on the road, the best of those group that we named. Yeah. Be the one that comes out ahead at the top because I think it's going to be with how good the league is through the first six. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to win on the road. Yeah, and right. uh, uh, styles of play. Are, are you been influenced by anybody's style of play that like, like makes it harder to play? But it's playing in the league. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, Arkansas. The, the, the three shooting. The three shooting um, is this way right now. Alabama has has made has attempted more than anybody. Uh, Kentucky is second in attempts. Alabama is making eleven threes per game, and the Kentucky is making ten per game. 
Uh, that does, that can change in five minutes, Isn't you know, it, how that goes. Two, but uh, That two up near the top, Wimp, are they at the top? Yeah, well, Alabama's uh, at the top as far as as numbers, uh, you know, numbers attempted. And uh, they're, they're shooting at uh, about 39%, which is not bad. Um, you know, they're shooting pretty good, not quite 40% from the, th- from the three area. So, um you know, we'll we'll see there, but uh, Kentucky uh, Kentucky Sunday has got three big guys, and I don't even know who they are. Really, I hadn't studied that much yet. I know that they're coming to play. Yeah, they're, they're coming right. to be eligible, and they're supposedly, um, you know, are, are good are good players. So I think Kentucky will be. Uh, they go they go to Florida. Uh, I can't I can't decide about Florida. Uh, I can't. I can't, uh, I can't make up my mind. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're good. But right. I, I, I don't know how good. I don't know how good they are either. But I will say this: uh, uh, Kentucky with a big postman, it will slow them down some. And I thought that they, I thought this year they were taking advantage of up tempo a little bit better than they had. In, uh, but uh, you had a big guy in that, and. Uh, I think that they become a little bit more of a half-court game. Now, in a half-court game, are Kentucky's perimeter shooters good enough to carry them over? Maybe so. They're shooting 41% yeah. from what I, what I heard. 41% from the three Kentucky is. How does and, it compare to Alabama? Well, Alabama's shooting 39. Uh, not that much difference. And, uh, but, but Florida's only shooting 33% versus these. And that doesn't. You know your defenses indicates what you're going to do, uh, but thirties uh, also. Yeah, um, we'll we'll just have to see. But uh, um, it's it Auburn Alabama plays. Uh, I'm I'm going to go over this at, after you, you leave with our listeners. Uh, Alabama uh, plays four games that are, that are you know possibly winners before they have to go to Tennessee and Auburn. Uh, they have to. They open at Vanderbilt, which should be shouldn't be a problem. You always worry about every game you play, but oh, yeah. they've got Vanderbilt. They've got uh, South Carolina at home, and they've got um, uh, Mississippi State on the road, which could be trouble. That Mississippi State guys, big guys, is just getting well, and then they have got Missouri at home, who shoots a lot of threes. The guy coaches them well. Um, they probably can't beat Alabama at home, and then then they go to Tennessee and Auburn. Um, if you just had to guess right now, you'd probably say that Tennessee and Alabama, I mean, excuse me, that Auburn and, and Alabama would probably be a, a deal where they split uh, each team yeah. one at home. That's what I'd think. I'd think the same thing. Uh, I, I, I think the real question here is, is Auburn going to be good on the road? Yeah. If Auburn's as good on the road as they play at home, yeah. I think they're going to be they're yeah. gonna be in every game. Yeah. Now, how does Alabama fit in that category? Did well, I think Alabama's good on the road. They play, they they play, well, they play a tough schedule. Uh, I have, I've been one that hadn't thought Creighton was as quite as good as everybody carried on about them. All they shot freeze well, but Alabama's you're, played a tough schedule. Number. They've got, they've got good players. They've got three scores. Uh, three, they're playing, uh, they're playing ten people, and they're playing them. Uh, they're playing about eight people, double figure plays, I mean, double-figure minutes. 
Uh, Estrada's a good guard. Sears is a very good guard. He's the leading scorer in the league. And and, mm-hmm. and then Nelson uh, has the ability to be good. He's, he's a little bit up and down. He's a very good player. Uh, I like Nelson. Uh, yeah, I like Nelson. So, and yeah. you're right, he is not consistent. Yeah, they, but he has a chance to be. So they've got, but they're playing a lot of people. And, um, you know, they, they've got a schedule that's, so I won't sound like I'm, they got a winnable schedule the first four games before they have to go to Tennessee and Auburn. Yeah. And uh, when you go to Tennessee and Auburn, you got to play well to beat them there. Yeah, you really do. Auburn is really good at home. When Auburn, are they? <laughs> I reckon. Yeah. yeah, when they get good post play, wimp, they're really difficult to beat. Now they don't get back to the basket post plays unless it's a flash in and get a mismatch and dunk, dunk, dunk it down into the guy. But you know, roaming in the post around the around the block to block and getting scores. Uh, they got defense in that area, but now offensively they're not great. They're not. They're better than average in in a lot, in some ways. But if you let them have the ball in the post, they're going to put it on the floor to score. And that, other teams are going to make that hard on them when when they get to league play. I would think. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. To, interesting league to see. I you know I think I think um, I think fourteen four in the league. Uh, will be close to the top. Uh, maybe fifteen three. Come back could just lose two. I doubt. I doubt it on the two thing. Sixteen uh, yeah. two. We were sixteen two one time. Uh, it, it's hard to get there, but I'd say you know somewhere fifteen three or fourteen four be at top of the league. I'm saying. I'm saying six teams. Maybe seven in NCAA. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. But uh, I, I'm not sure that nine will get in. But I could be dead wrong about that. No, I don't think that'll happen. But where does Georgia fit into things? Since Georgia is not, is Georgia going to be in the Georgia's going to be in the bottom four? Yeah, they're going to be better. They're going to be better, Sonny. They're going to be better, but they're going to be. I don't. I, I, I didn't know that. You know, I was trying to think. Somebody asked me about George. I said, I don't really know. I don't yeah. really know. I think he'll be in the bottom four. I think he. I think okay. he does a good job coaching them and he coaches and those kinds of things. But I just don't think that they've got been able to. George is a place that you you got to get. You know, you got to get some of those players around the area, and they, they they're hard to get. I don't, I don't know what kind of money that George will be willing to spend on these guys to get them. Because as you know, uh, it's buying players is what they do. Down now. the money, t- talking legally. Yeah, yeah that's right. Not 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 down. not the way you used to do it. No, it's a different. Yeah, not the way. Not the way some people I know used to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's Jan doing? Uh, holding her own. Okay, that would be most positive I could say about holding. Okay. Well, I appreciate you being on every week. I hope things go well for you, and, and I'll. Uh, I'll catch you down the road. Of course, I'll see the Alabama Auburn game at home. I might come down there sometime. But if I come down there, I'm afraid to get get somebody assassinate me. So I won't come down there. Uh-huh. But, uh, but well, I look forward to seeing you, my friend. All right, I appreciate you being on. Thanks. Thanks. All right. All right. That's Sonny Smith. Uh, we'll take a break. I do want to mention Prince Glover and Hayes, um, people that uh, have always uh, been on on our side and helped us some. Um, Prince Glover and Hayes, outstanding attorneys that know the law, know the changes in the law, that be willing to help you if you have a, an uh, accident that was un, unnecessary, unwanted. 
uh, somebody comes after you or if you just have an accident with somebody running into you on the highways or problems that you have that you don't know how to handle, French Glover and Hayes are the people to do that. Three four five one two three four. We'll come back, and I'm going to try to do the very best I can to explain this basketball stuff to you so you'll understand it because, you know, our football, Max Howell will be on Monday, and that'll be probably our last football guy. We'll turn to basketball. We're not going to get away from football completely because if you do, you lose your listeners. They don't want to hear anything but football. But uh, we'll do a good job of mixing the two between football guys and basketball guys and different people uh, doing this. It's a little bit more difficult, you know, when when, bat, when football is over with to get callers to call and those kinds of things. Anyway, uh, Justin, we'll take a break, and I'll come back and give them what I think. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have picked up a pretty good backup for those of you approaching U of A along McFarland Boulevard. Right now it's going to take you about 15 minutes from Airport Road to Jack Warner, so you'll lose a couple of minutes along the way there. Meantime, if you're traveling on 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale, no problems. And our earlier crash up in the coaling area around the uh, Dambler-Benz Boulevard exit has cleared. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Follow Tide 100.9 on Facebook today. To watch our live shows, read the great articles, and interact with Bama fans today. All right, we're back uh, for our final final deal of basketball. I want to bring that up a little bit and let you understand a little bit about what's going on. Um, when I was coaching, and I'm not going to go back to that, but two seconds, we had 10 teams in the league. We played everybody home and home. We played in total, look, the last time you looked, nine times two is 18. So we had 10 teams in the league. Uh, each team played everybody home and home. Everybody went to Kentucky. Everybody went to Tennessee. Tennessee came to you. Kentucky came to you. Um, this day and time, they don't do that. They play five teams. They have more teams in the league. Uh, but they still are playing 18 games, even though we have – uh, starting this next year, 16. And right now, as I talk to you, we have 14. So my point to you is that we played 18 back then. They're playing 18 now. But the schedule is quite different. Uh, they play more games now than they used to. They talk about people getting to this record, that record. Well, there are more games being played. So now you have five teams that you play twice. Um, Alabama will play twice of the 10 of the 18 games, the same number that we had back in – before y'all were born. Um, they'll play Auburn. They'll play Tennessee. They'll play Florida. They'll play LSU. And they'll play Mississippi State. Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, LSU, and Mississippi State. Auburn has five teams, teams that they play. Uh, they're, I don't think, quite as tough. Vanderbilt twice. Lucky for them. State, 
Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Now those are those are the teams that they play twice. Then what you do is you go on the road and you play four teams that do not come to your place. And you go and you have four teams come to your place that do that uh, you don't go to their place. So those are four and four is eight, and the and the two other teams that you play are ten, and that's a total of eighteen games if you understand it that way. Next year, I won't try to confuse you with next year, but next year with sixteen teams instead of playing five teams twice, you will play three teams twice. That's six games. And then you will take the other two, other, you'll play six on the road that will never come to Alabama, and six at home uh, where you won't have to go to. I think after that, I think after that, Alabama will go to a, a, a schedule, S, pardon me, the SEC will go to a schedule that uh, involves more games, more than 18. I think they will jump to 20 or 21 games. Uh, when you go to 16 teams after next year, I don't think they'll change next year. They've already got that down. This year, uh, they still have those five teams. If you got a question about that, I don't, I don't mind you calling in and asking whatever you want to ask. Now, I've talked about uh, the game at uh, at 2:30 uh, tomorrow against Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt uh, is five and eight. Uh, Alabama, I think, is eight and five. So, and they have. You know, Sears and Nelson Estrada are good players, and the Griffith kid has come in and played well. And the Walters is a good outside shooter. Wright is shoots it pretty well. Stevenson is a big kid from North Carolina who's done okay. Um, they have they have played uh, about nine, ten guys, double-figure minutes. So they're playing a lot of people, and that's good. Crosby kid, who some of you like, is averaging 11 minutes a game. And so... The three I mentioned are, are, the, are the leaders. Alabama is shooting 39% uh, from the from the three-point line. They've attempted 382 threes, which is a lot of threes. Shoot up, made 149 of them, I think it is. I think that's right. But Vanderbilt is and with a 5-8 record, and you, you worry about every game you play. And, uh, you know, you got to be ready to play. Uh, you, you're capable of being Vanderbilt if you play well. You can't go in up there thinking it's going to be easy. You can you can forget past games or, or past anything because every game takes on its person on some personality. Uh, they have not shot shot it very well from the three. Uh, they're shooting twenty nine twenty nine percent from the three, so they're ten they're ten percent less uh, than Alabama. So that should be um, you know uh, an opportunity for maybe for for. Uh, for Alabama to win. All right, I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through these games with you very quickly, or not quickly, but whatever. Mississippi State and South Carolina. Uh, the only reason I would I would I would pick South Carolina because they're about even. The big guy at Mississippi State's been hurt. He's a really good player. Um, I would pick South Carolina probably. I don't know that kind of game. Hey, I'm not picking a line. I'm not gambling on this. I'm just sort of telling you, you can write it down, and then you can jump on my fanny next week and tell me I was wrong. Uh, I'd probably go to South Carolina because they're the home co- home team. They'll play at 11 o'clock. Uh, they'll play at 11 o'clock tomorrow. So we'll see what happens there. But it'll be, it'll be, uh, it should be a pretty good basketball game. South Carolina's played better than you than people thought. 
Mississippi State's been up and down because of the injury. Kentucky and Florida. Kentucky uh, is uh, has a lot of shooters. They're pretty athletic. They're pretty good. Florida has played better in the last few games than they've been playing. Uh, I think Kentucky goes to Florida and wins. Um, I could be dead wrong. Uh, Florida is okay, not great. Um, uh, that game is eleven thirty game on ESPN. So could I say Kentucky? I think I'll say I think Kentucky goes to Florida and wins that basketball game on ESPN. So we'll we'll see there. May not they may not, but it'll be. Alabama will get a good look at that when they look at the film because Alabama plays Florida twice. Georgia will go to Missouri. Uh, Missouri's good at home. Missouri's hard to beat at home. Missouri shoots more threes than they've been shooting. Missouri's pretty well coached. Georgia is too. Both of them, both of them have, have do a good job in the coaching field of it. And uh, But because it's on the road, because Missouri's excited about their basketball program, because they finally got it moving a little bit better than it's been moving, it'll be a tough game for Georgia. That game is a, it's a 12 o'clock game, and that game is on the SEC Network, Georgia versus Missouri on the SEC Network. It's at 12 o'clock. Alabama's at Vanderbilt. I've already talked a little bit about, about that game. Alabama's got to play well to win, but I think they can. It, it's on the SEC Network, and it's at two it's at 2.30. 2.30 tomorrow at SEC Network. Alabama plays Vanderbilt, and uh, that will be their opening game, of course. Coach, uh, I think we need to take a break here. Uh, okay. We can take a quick break, and we can finish sure. up these SEC games if there's sure. any more. And then we also have Philip on the line. We'll get to you, Philip, right yeah, after. Yeah, I'm glad Philip called, okay? That's fine. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. Our morning backups are winding down very well all around the area. If you're traveling along McFarland Boulevard, we're down to just eight minutes from Airport Road to Jack Warner. For those of you en route to U of A this morning, on 2059 between Skyland Boulevard and the 359 interchange, that's an eight-minute drive both directions with no big accidents or breakdowns along the way there. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us on the Martin Houston Show as we keep the conversation rolling about Alabama in the postseason. We'll add Kennington Smith III to the conversation. We'll get his thoughts on Alabama versus Michigan, Michigan and Washington as they take on each other in the national championship game. We'll also get his thoughts on the Alabama football team as they head into recruiting season and the transfer portal impact on the Crimson Tide in 2024. We'll have those conversations and a whole lot more right here on your home for Alabama Sports Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today, Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain, the low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day, the clouds will likely linger. The high tomorrow back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 36 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Inside the locker room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. We got uh, Philip on the line here, Coach. We can go to yeah. him. Let's get to Philip. Morning, Philip. Philip. Yeah, can you hear me, Coach? I can. Thanks. Thanks for calling. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Hope you are. I was uh, just gonna uh, give you the rest of my basketball predictions for the SEC yesterday. Okay. I picked UK. Number one, Auburn two, and UT three in the SEC. Um, I've got Missouri going finishing at number four at twelve and six. I've got Texas A&M finishing at number five at eleven and seven. I've got Ole Miss and Arkansas tied at six, ten, and eight. I've got Alabama, Florida, and South Carolina tied at number eight. Those teams going nine and nine. I've got Mississippi State and Georgia tied at 11, 8 and 9. Vandy at 13, 7 11, and LSU at 14, 6 and 12. Wow. Well, Alabama's, they'll shoot you at 9 and 9. <laughs> they might. They might, but they shoot, them, they shoot themselves, too. With, uh, <laughs> well, that, that's good picks. I appreciate you doing that for me because I, I don't know myself, but I would be surprised, shocked if Alabama was nine and nine. They'd be they'd be some howling there. There ain't no doubt about that. So we'll see. But I I don't know. I just I don't think Alabama's good enough uh, down low. Yeah. Um, and I think that's their Achilles uh, heel right now. And I, okay. That's kind of the reason. All right. Well, I wrote down just about every. I wrote down just about every one you said. So we'll see. I think you hit. I think you hit the first one right. I think probably Kentucky may win it all. Uh, but I, uh, I appreciate your call a whole, whole lot, and uh, keep keep calling us. Uh, I, I, I Bear be back on Monday. I hope we'll be ready to go again. <laughs> okay. I just hope he gets spinning by us, mate. Yeah, I hope he does too. We had we had a, we had a great interview. Did you hear the interview with we had this morning with. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Roman Harper. Yeah, Roman. Yeah, he. Oh, he did. Roman. Roman's always. Roman's yeah, that's good. Interview and then uh, yeah. uh, JC um, is always a great interview. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I appreciate it, Philip. We won't finish these games, and I'll talk to you mon- Monday. Y'all be good. All right, thank you. Okay, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, go give Tennessee all they want. Ole Miss got a good team, most improved team in the league. They play at uh, five o'clock. Uh, you better you better be ready for Ole Miss because they're not bad at all. Um, but, uh, I picked Tennessee to win that game in a close one. The other issues A and M. I take A and M. Seven thirty game on ESPN Network. I'm not as sold on on LSU as Sunny is, although they did have a new player come in. I forget his name. Who is really going to make a difference in their team? So I could be dead wrong. I picked I would I picked them towards in the bottom three of the league. Uh, I could be wrong. Alabama plays them twice, which is good. Um, so I, I would take A&M in that game. And then Auburn and at Arkansas, I think Auburn plays Arkansas hard. It's on ESPN2. It's the only game that's on that. Um, uh, ESPN2. And uh, it says to be announced. I forget what time the game is. Uh, Justin can look here and see. I think it's uh, – I'm not sure when it is. But uh, Auburn's at, at Arkansas. Uh, tomorrow. So those are your. Sorry, coach. Was that you're looking for the Alabama game start? No, the Al- Auburn Arkansas for the time. I, this, oh, okay, this give day. me just a sec. I'll find it. Okay. Um, so anyway, those seven games will be uh, be the seven games to start, and then then and then after that, uh, some of them jump to Tuesday. 
and some of them jump to Wednesday. Alabama will jump to Tuesday. I don't want to have much time. I just have Sunday and Monday to get ready, and South Carolina will come into town, and that game will be a 6 o'clock game on the SEC Network on Tuesday of next week. So Saturday, Tuesday, if you're an Alabama basketball fan, uh, hopefully you are, then that, that would be that. Uh, Texas A&M will be at Auburn at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. So Auburn and Alabama both will play Saturday, Tuesday. And, yes, sir. Uh, Auburn will play tomorrow at 1. Okay. They'll, our time? Yes, sir. 1 Central. Okay. Yep. Okay. 1 Central time. Thank you, Justin. At 1 o'clock uh, tomorrow, Auburn in Arkansas. That should be should be a good game. Um, anyway, uh, you you go from you from, you go from Saturday to Tuesday. You don't have much time to get ready, and then of course you got other games will be Wednesday, and then and then the next Saturday, the next Saturday after that, Alabama is at Mississippi State, and that game is a seven thirty game at Starkville for Alabama the next Saturday. I don't want to go too far much further than that. That's that doesn't make any sense. But uh, when uh, when the when the teams are playing, coach in games that are a little bit closer together. I know this was kind of a topic with the Alabama football team when we talked about this long break they had before playing yeah. Michigan. Is it kind of similar in basketball where you can kind of build a momentum and keep working off it when you have games that aren't too far apart? Yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, you certainly can. You you know, you you if you play poorly on that on that first game, you have a hard time trying to really correct things because if you're mad at them, because you played poorly or didn't play hard and you got Tuesday's games, you got to be careful about that. You'll lose two in a row. <laughs> so you've got, you know, you got to be smart with that. Hopefully you can play, win on Saturday, regardless of who you play on that Saturday, if you're going to play on Tuesday. Can you guys, can you guys realize this? When I first went to Alabama, get this one. We couldn't, we couldn't fly to Kentucky. We would go to Tennessee and play on Saturday night in a bus and go to Kentucky on Sunday, practice, and play Monday, and play Kentucky on Monday. <laughs> How about that one? Saturday and Monday on t- at Tennessee and Kentucky. Ray Mears was a great coach at Tennessee. Whoa, what a coach. And then when we played Kentucky on Monday, we got our little fannies in the bus and drove all the way back to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> you know, we're going back now. Char- you're going charter. Everybody's got stuff to eat. They got whatever, whatever. And can you imagine that? Every every time that we played, now Mississippi State and Ole Miss were one game trips, but we would drive over and drive back, drive over to Starkville, drive over to Ole Miss and play. But the rest of them were two game trips. Basically, I can't think of all of them. Um, I'll forget it. I forget Florida. I can't remember what we did there. I can't remember. Maybe Georgia and Florida. But they were cotton-picking bus trips. And uh, it was not easy to go to those places and win. I wasn't the head coach. I was assistant. But, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's hard. So even though back in the wonder years when you, none of you guys had listened to our show can remember it, it was 18 games. Guess what? Starting tomorrow, 18 games. 18 games. Except we played them home and home. They play five teams. They play five teams twice, not the the uh, fourteen teams that they play that they have. They go on the road for us at that. Real quick so question here for you, Coach. Before okay. we end up closing out the show, <laughs> um, 
uh, imagine we talked a lot of SEC football in this sh- football and basketball as we just were on the show today. But a matchup that we have coming up tonight and tomorrow that I'm interested: uh, Purdue and Illinois play yeah. tonight, and yeah. uh, North Carolina and Clemson. You have any thoughts on those two games? Yeah, Purdue and Illinois. Where are they playing? Where are they playing? Um, I want to say they're playing at Purdue. Okay, Purdue probably wins that. I'll tell you what you have to do when you play Purdue. You're going to all laugh at this. you got to guard the perimeter guys. You can't let the perimeter guys have a big night. The big guy's going to get his regardless. But you got to guard the perimeter guys hard. Yeah, you got to, you got to guard the inside guy too, but you got to front him and do everything. But you got to be darn sure that, that people don't have big nights on the perimeter. And they've got four pretty good shooters. They, they beat Alabama earlier and and, and and uh, but I'm not coaching Alabama's team, so whatever. Don't 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 mean to. So anyway, I think we had a great show today. Uh, Sonny did a really good job, and um, I thought we had talked enough football to please you. And hopefully Barry will be back, and I won't have to talk so much. So talk to you. Have a good weekend. Thanks. listening.